faith, family, and finding a way. Welcome to Common Sense on the Prairie, a podcast dedicated to helping you demystify the sometimes complex topic of money. I'm Adam Cox, Head of Wealth Management for the First National Bank in Sioux Falls. We're a community bank based out of South Dakota. In this podcast, we share expert insights from around the country and stories from our local community to arm you with the tools you need to make better financial decisions. Because the truth is, the more we talk about this stuff, the better off we're all going to be. Welcome to another episode of Common Sense on the Prairie. In this month's episode, I'm joined by my very good friends, Mike and Jen Reese. This episode is special for a few reasons. First, Mike and Jen are some of my very best friends, which made this episode especially fun to prepare for. Second, this is our first time filming the podcast in front of a live audience. So if you normally just listen to our podcast, I would encourage you to watch it this time around on our YouTube channel. You're in for a real treat. Third, and most importantly, Mike and Jen's story is absolutely incredible. Two amazing people overcoming the odds. From struggling to make ends meet and surviving on government assistance programs, joining the military to see the world and get an education, to finally achieving some breathing room financially, Mike and Jen have been on quite the journey. You'll hear some laughter and you'll see some deep emotion. Their story inspires me and I know it will inspire you too. So if you're out there today needing a story about overcoming obstacles, or if you know someone who is, this episode is for you. Please enjoy my conversation with Mike and Jen Reese. Well, thank you everybody so much for being here tonight. This, uh, this means the world to me that you're all here and, and Jen and Mike as well, obviously to support them and their story uh, and their opportunity to share it with, with us and with the world. So um, for those of you not familiar with the show, we have been doing it for a little over three years now. And we have a range of topics that we talk about. Some are technical, some are not so technical. And the ones we get the most feedback on are the ones that are not so technical, kind of like tonight. Um, you know, I think one thing that I've learned in my career in wealth management is <clears throat> personal finance is very, very personal. But that unfortunately is not stuff that we talk about very often. And I think that's a shame. And so what happens is I think a lot of us feel alone that we are the only ones that have dealt with something. And my hope is by doing episodes like this, that we see that there's lots of people that, that deal with this stuff, that personal finance, whether you have a ton of money or very little money, it's a universal thing that we all deal with. So with that, I'm excited to share this story with you tonight. So you ready to go? Ready. All right. I hope so. Let's do it. All right, Mike and Jen, welcome to the show. Thanks for having Thanks, us. Thanks, Adam. Yeah, absolutely. So you know... I like to do icebreakers to start off my episodes. And normally I talk about music or movies or something like that, but we know each other far too well for those trivial <laughs> matters. Most people here probably don't know we have been on vacation together. We uh, have. And I am well known for being a total stick in the mud. So. Really? I, yeah. Oh. What a surprise, right? Yeah. Uh, people here know, that know mm. me are chuckling. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if we were going to go on another vacation and I didn't get a vote, where are we going and what are we doing? How come you don't have a vote? Well, because I'd turn it down. Oh. Well. well, that's a good thing he doesn't have a vote. Yeah, that is probably good. Yeah. Okay. So I think we would do really well on a cruise. <laughs> so I think the Hawaiian Islands will fly out of L.A. and 
it'll be great. Yeah. Ten days, yeah. twelve, maybe fourteen. Okay. Captive on a boat, stuck that's on a boat. So, yes, that, that's, that's, what, that's what I heard. Right. I just yeah. think of all the activities we can do. Yeah. Right. Diane, what do you think? Yeah, no. She Trap. said no. Sorry. Oh, Aww. sorry. Oh. Well, it's well, you don't get a vote. So I would have said yes, but yeah. You know, oh, okay. All right. Well, fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Guess we're going alone. So the two of you, born in South Dakota, raised in South Dakota, tell me a little bit about your background and if you can remember, what's your earliest money memory? I grew up uh, in Del Rapids. Grew up on a farm. Um, my uh, parents uh, built a business themselves. Um, I, I can remember uh, my earliest money memory was uh, I would always work in the in the summer. Uh, you know, when I was in grade school, and all of us kids, there was five of us, we went to Catholic school, and so it was a little amazing each and every year that the amount of money that I earned was just enough to pay for school every year. <laughs> and so, yeah, so hmm. tuition would roll around in August and uh, it'd be like, oh, there's money showed up in my account and it would be swiftly <laughs> taken away. Uh, uh, to I, Really, my parents were trying to teach us, hey, the value of work. Yep. Um, it, was, it was about hard work. It was about contributing to yep. So Yeah, awesome. Jen, what about you? Yeah, farm kid as well. And um, as much as I dreamt of everywhere but the farm, there was a lot of work to be done. And I remember... Uh, always having a job to do, whether that was walking beans um, or even bean bugging, which my brother's in the crowd and may have got upset with him one day and sprayed him in the face with some <laughs> chemical. That didn't go over well. Um, we also, we lived in a small community and everyone took care of each other. So sure. we were we were babysitting around the clock, it felt like, either in our home or away from it. Um, just always having work to do, but never, never really knowing that that amounted to anything. There wasn't an allowance. There wasn't, um, yeah. you always felt cared for. You always knew that you were provided for, but you didn't realize how much that wasn't talked about. Yeah. I knew it in my dad's face. You could tell it in the energy in the home, um, when things were tough and during the eighties. Now, now we know, and you look back and you go, you have a greater appreciation for what they were working through sure. in those tough times. Yeah. So taught us a lot about um, when you reflect on that, the perseverance it took. And I think that's going to help with our story here tonight. Sure. Mike, what was your experience with money like growing up? It, my experience was, uh, so my parents had their own business. And I just, my mother was a math teacher. Uh, that was how she was educated. She was one of 11 children. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, I remember her in our in our business, uh, my parents' business. She was the one that did the books, and so she knew um, she knew what we had, and and more importantly, she knew what we didn't have mm -hmm. too. So uh, I just remember her being really uh, integral, and they own their own business, and so you know it was twenty four seven every day. It was they lived it every day, and then they brought it home yep. too, which was hard. Yeah. So yeah. Jen, how about you? Well, I remember going to the FSA office. I remember sitting there quietly um, trying to understand what was going on, but you knew there were things going on, and then there was a very quiet car ride home uh, or pickup ride. Mom would often um, tell us we were going with Dad today, and that was usually running errands and um, visiting with a lot of people. It felt like we were always 
around others that were likely the conversations I'm thinking were talking about the same things. It was hard. Sure. And I remember standing in government lines to get your cheese and your powdered milk, and um, but you didn't know any different. And yeah. so I, I just assumed that was like everybody else. Yeah. So when you don't have a lot, sometimes you have to get pretty creative. Jen, tell me a little bit about your first car mm -hmm. and why'd you get such a good deal on it? <laughs> well, I think this is again, one of those coffee talks that my dad would have as he's driving around in the mornings, checking cattle or whatever it was he was up to. Um, there was, <laughs> um, I wait, or I believe I was, a, I was going into my senior year. And at that point, I had saved up enough money that I thought I could go pick out a car, get a car, because I knew I was going to college. I had already joined the military, um, had a plan, right? Mm -hmm. And I saw this money, and I'm like, okay, finally, I can go and afford to get a car. Well, um, we brought, we didn't, I didn't actually get to pick out a car. I got to go write a check for a car that my dad had already picked out with his buddy. And so we got it home, and there was this awful smell in it. And my mom was the king, queen of Clorox, her CB handle was Mrs. Clean, um, and several in the room probably remember that, but we could not get that smell out. So she was, she would whisper to my dad, I think someone died in there. I think someone died in the trunk of that car. <laughs> and I knew she was saying it and I still had to get in and drive that yeah. car. So it was, hey, it was a good deal. Jim. Yeah, it was a right. good deal. I <laughs> never wrote a check for yeah. $2,500. People die in their trunks all the time. Yeah. People die in the trunks at a car. Or what are they? The auctions. Yeah. Do you yeah. use the trunk at that point? Or, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a good deal. It was a good, it was a good deal. deal. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of high school, you two were high school sweethearts. And then after graduation, Jen, you decided to join the military and you were going to go to basic training. Mike, you were going to go off to college. And then, Jen, when you came home from basic training, something happened. Mm. Um, two of you got pregnant. So, how did your lives change at that moment? We grew up fast. Yeah. Yeah, there were some big decisions to make. Um, I I just don't really remember anything other than we're going to figure this out. It just, we just knew we would figure it out. And yeah. maybe Mike was a little more nervous, but I had, I you know, a glass half full yeah, kind of gal. We, I don't think we knew any better. We mm -hmm. were kids at that point, really, honestly. So you, you hadn't you hadn't experienced a lot of what could be. And so you were stuck in what was, and I, we were raised to figure things out. And so that's what we did. It, it, uh, I, I think it went really quickly as I think back on it. it. It wasn't something that you pondered on. It was like, hey, well, this is sort of the, the you know, these are the choices that we've made. Um, you know, it's up to us to figure it out. And it, it wasn't, I remember thinking like we weren't, we weren't, rely like we weren't expecting somebody to figure it out for us mm -hmm. or to hey here's we'll, we'll provide this for you in order to get you through that not that people maybe weren't willing to do that but we never asked and we didn't expect it and so i, I think it in hindsight it really shaped you know how we sort of viewed the world and and the choices that we made going forward sure what did your mom say when you told her jen was pregnant <laughs> I remember well. Uh, uh, yeah, I remember exactly where it happened. Uh, yeah, uh, she uh, she she said to me first. She said, "Well, how did that happen?" Uh, and uh, and I said, "Well, you know, mom, you know, you had five kids." Uh, yeah. 
Uh, and then, you know, I don't know it was the same conversation, but it was shortly after that she said, hey, you know, this is a big, the big time in your life. Like, don't run out and get married. Just, just don't do it. Um, and it wasn't because she was, you know, saying Jen wasn't a great lady. It was that, hey, this is a really important decision in your life. There's a lot of um, my mother's, for those that know her, very practical lady, um, love her to death for it. But she was thinking about what might be in the future, and she wanted us to have the best, you know, what she thought at the time, and we did too because we didn't know um, what might be in the future. And so um, we did get married. Yeah, you did. (laughs) Obviously, uh, it was, I think, a couple months later uh, I proposed. and uh, um, But again, it was... we. We were kids, yeah. and um, but we we weren't expecting somebody else to figure it out. We just had enough faith to, and we thought we could figure it out. So yeah, I don't know that we ever thought different. No, what were those early years of marriage like? What did you do for work? <laughs> you snickered. When, <laughs> when did we not work? Yeah. So, um, well, I was in the military, and I always believe that you're passed on from one great mentor, one great person to the next, and they had my back. This was my new guard family, and they always found a way for me to have an extra guard drill or um, extra days. They helped care for the kids. They pushed me beyond limits um, that I didn't know were possible because I was pregnant. Mm. I did not know what was going to happen. I always believed we'd figure it out, but I didn't know how many wonderful people were surrounding us during that time. So when I wasn't in school... um, and finished early trying to, you know, beat the clock and get a job. But um, then just worked constantly at the military nights, weekends, whenever I could. Yeah. And every summer mm-hmm. they, I was a recruiter. Shocking. Yeah. With your personality. I know. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Weird. So we, I think our, one of our funniest stories I think is we shared one pair of work pants, um, a pair of Wranglers. <laughs> So it's 28-inch waist. We could not do that any longer. Yeah. Um, I had 28-inch waist yeah. like it was third grade, too. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. right. But we went, you just worked all the time. Yeah. So the kids, even when we had the kids, they went in the back of the pot and like yeah. trucked. And you just always found an odd job to do. We weren't afraid of getting out and throwing the square barrels. Well, we, we just we just knew what, what hard work was. Yep. And so mm-hmm. that was that's what we knew. And so that was our path or that's what we decided to do and so i was um maybe back up it was really important we decided early on after jen got pregnant she was going to school at that Mm -hmm. time we decided hey this you have to finish school Mm -hmm. it wasn't a thing where we decided we said um uh that she should quit we knew um i think indirectly that education was going to take us places uh, because we again just didn't know but we knew that that um, was was really really important, and so what I did, um, I uh, um, I was uh, working for my parents at the business, um, which I enjoyed, and then um, I had started a f- small farming enterprise um, on the on the side. So I did that on nights and weekends. Um, somewhere along the way, I <laughs> acquired a truck and started doing that too. It was really just all about trying to generate revenue, and sure. it was all about. Um, you know, if there was opportunities and there was time to do it, um, you know, if that meant that you slept less, then so be it. But that's sort of that—that that was the gift we had, or the skill we had at the time, um, in order to try and get us where we 
hoped we might get. Sure. So, and how were those early years financially? I remember getting the bills, and I would always write on where the stamp would go the date that it was due because I knew I couldn't send it, you know, because we didn't have the money. So it was, it was really difficult to see that. And there, again, there wasn't a, um, there wasn't a, uh, we had a great support system from our families, but it wasn't a handout. And so um, it, it really shaped and formed, um, it, it was just really difficult, but it made us um, really choose what we were gonna spend mm-hmm. our money on too. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't, it, so many of the things that we do today seems so far off and so like unattainable, I think. Yeah. So. I remember Mike, you tell me at one point during those early years that you were, you were frustrated a lot. Uh, what were you frustrated about? Yeah, I, I looked around, um, it was, it, you had the work ethic. You just uh, at the time didn't have the, uh, what I felt like were the connections in the business that I, I, I wanted to farm. That, that's what I wanted to do. Um, and I knew if I worked hard, um, or at least I thought if I worked hard, I'd be able to, to make that happen some way, somehow. And it was just really difficult because I saw others get opportunities um, that I was either friends with or knew. And it was really because they were connected um, in some sort of fashion. And I was frustrated because I, I didn't feel, feel like I was. I felt like an outsider. Um, and it, at the time, it was really frustrating. But in hindsight, uh, again, it's one of those things that I think propelled us to a place. Had we not had that experience, uh, we, we certainly wouldn't be sitting here yeah. talking to you today. Right. So. And I just remember being embarrassed. Yeah. That was probably the hardest. Um, We couldn't give our kids what we would have liked, but it was okay. Um, or going to the grocery store with your WIC checks. Um, just the little things that you dreaded having to stand in those lines or recognize you're on getting government assistance to make it. But we did it. Yeah. Or at least we uh, think we did. Uh, well, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't think we just, we didn't know, you know, we, we're, we're super thankful those programs are out there because it really propelled us. It gave us a, a lifeline that we really needed at that time. Um, and, but it created an awful lot of drive yeah. in us too yep. to, yeah. to not do that. Yep. And that make our kids feel like they didn't have it all. So we created it in other ways. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You mentioned community. Mm-hmm. You weren't doing this on your own. How important was your community at that time? Everything. Um, there was never a, a no on the other end. There was always, okay, and we can probably help with that. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize how um, we were moving so fast. It just felt like we were always looking for. Uh, yeah, what was next? We got yeah. we got to get to Friday. Like, but no. we didn't. I mean, we had great families, great parents, um, great friends that are in this room tonight. Mm. Thank you all that helped lift us and helped lift our family and did more for us that we probably didn't slow down long enough. We were moving fast. <laughs> we were sleeping fast and moving fast in order to get along. And I, 
the the faith community we got to grow up our kid our yeah. kids got to grow up in probably formed them informed us we i feel like um we had kids so young that we grew up so close because that's what you had well, i think we grew up together yeah 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 so i know one of the most impactful moments uh, in your lives and this is probably be a tough question um you, you were farming and that was a dream yeah. you had, something you wanted to do. And you guys were working really, really hard. You were on the treadmill, but at some point you realized something had to give. Yeah. And in this case, the thing that had to give was farming. So Mike, how did you arrive at that decision and what impact did that have on your family? Yeah, it, uh, it came pretty quickly uh, when, as I think about it. It was sort of lingering in the background. It was just such... I remember waking up one morning, and I, I can't even remember what it was, but um, the task that I, one of the tasks I needed to do that day, and, and it was something that I had always really enjoyed doing um, before, and on that day, I just didn't want to do it. Like, I was like, oh, this is just another thing to do. Like, I don't want to do it. So that started an upswell, and honestly, from a financial point of view, we were, you know, the farming enterprise was not doing well. Um, it, it, it was propelling us to a place where either we had to make a decision how what we were going to do or somebody else was going to make it for us. Um, and, and part of what helped us get there was, uh, I mean, we were banking at this bank mm. at the time, had, had a great loan officer that you know, asked some really good questions um, and helped get us there mm -hmm. a little quicker. Um, then perhaps we would have got there on our own. So be yeah, eternally grateful for that. Um, but yeah, so we, um, I, I think I decided it was, uh, um, it was 2004. Um, yeah, it was uh, February and uh, I decided, hey, um, we, we had gone on a trip, the first trip we'd ever... I was on deployment working. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> one of my papers. And you came okay. and yeah. met yeah. me there. All right. How about that? All that right. was our kind of trip. I went on a trip. <laughs> yeah. You were working. Uh, so, so anyway, we, uh, we went there, and that was the first time I'd ever been on an airplane. Um, I was uh, 29 years old. Uh, and uh, we spent a week there, and we had some really good conversations while we were there. And uh, so anyway, we, I, I came back, kind of things were snowballing a little bit, and I remember it was like, hey, we just we need to make some decisions here. And when we were at in Hawaii. Hawaii was my deployment. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Tough. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. She was working. Yeah. I was yeah. working. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So... So Jen, while we were there, she said, "Hey, have you you know maybe you should join the guard?" And I remember looking at her like, "You are crazy." Yeah. Like I mean, it was the best family. Yeah. 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 And so, I, and that was I. I'm probably getting the dates a little wrong. I think it was February, and like 30 days later, I joined because it was just at a place where you know you knew you had to do something, and you were sort of looking for an out. And honestly, for me, I was sort of grabbing at straws, right? So I knew that created a lot of challenges. I was working for my parents at the time. It was an integral part of that business. Uh, but I knew I needed to change. And so um, I think it was uh, the end of May. I think it was Lane's birthday. Lane's oh, birthday. Yeah, yeah. I got on the plane for the second time and um, had three kids at home. And I left and went away to basic training. For was gone for six months. 
Um, and for me at the time, um, I remember the first couple of days I was like, I have no idea what I've got. Like this was the most terrible decision what ever. What have I done? Yeah. Uh, I made beds for a whole day. <laughs> like who does that? Yeah. I mean, uh, and it's, but anyway, when I, so I went away and I did that, it allowed me, um, after I came back, when I came back it defined success completely different than when I left. So for us, it was, it was absolutely the right thing at the right time and had absolutely no idea that it was either. Yeah. I'll say that too. Uh, we knew something had to change. We could not continue in the, the grind that we were yeah. in. And although we just kept making it, like we just figured it out. Again, yeah. you just had to figure it out. We knew that um, the military was a family. It had the values that matched ours. Yeah. Um, and they've been a support system all the way through as well as um, many cherished friends that are in the room and family that gently held up the mirror to help us understand that perhaps there's more out there for us. Sure. And education was the gift that helped us be able to open the door to opportunities as well as the military experiences. Those, um, those are such broadening ex opportunities that you can't replace them. And the relationships, I could call anyone around the world right now mm -hmm. and know that they had your back. Yeah. Well, that's interesting that you both spent time in the military as part of your mm -hmm. careers. Is, is that the reason why? Just to broaden your worldview and define mm -hmm. opportunities differently than you, than you maybe had here at home? So I tried to join when I was 16. You can't, they, they by, the way, yeah, by the way, because yeah. all I wanted to do was get off the farm. Mm -hmm. And I had a vision board from, I, I would say it was probably about seven, eight years old. I had a little red car on it. It had big cities. Hey, you have one it of had lights. Have one of those I, now I have a little red car. Yeah. Um, it, I knew then that there was something more. And I think that's why I always fought against um, the, the farm. Um, not that I don't cherish what I learned there, but fought against it. And so the military was my way out. I knew I didn't have any money. I knew my dad had told me, if you're going to go to school, um, you've got to figure out how to pay for it. I just figured parents did that, mm. right? Mm. But they don't. So... I'm like, well, that's fine. I can do this. So I go to the recruiter and um, never knew my dad was in the military. Turns out it was the guy he went to basic training with. So from then on, I was taken care of. Like, it just he he was very helpful. But it was really about the opportunities, the relationships, and to say I did that or the next challenge. I was, we were always up. We weren't. A, we didn't back down. It didn't matter. Yeah, we just I, kept finding something that would be fulfilling and keep our purpose and yeah. take us to the next. You always knew that there was opportunity if you worked hard. Sure. It was really the same story for both of us. We, it was our ticket to get education. Mm -hmm. That's why I joined. Um, that, that was the original reason why I joined because they would pay for the majority of school. And frankly, we didn't have the money. And, and I knew I needed some sort of income while mm -hmm. I was going to school. And that helped bridge that gap. So it, it ticked a number enough boxes for us that, uh, at the time, it allowed us to survive long enough to get to what was next. Yep. Hmm. I've heard you guys talk before about a dynamic that you both had growing up where even when times were tight, you still really didn't talk about money. So fast forward a little bit and you've had your own family. Did you carry on that dynamic or did you do something different and why? Yeah, I was adamant we didn't do that. Um, I... <laughs> um, 
if anyone knows me, I can be rather strong at times. And I just did not want to not be finance, not understand the finances. Um, I could balance it. You could do the basic principles, but I wanted to know more and have control over that, right? If I'm bringing in this, I need to know where it's going and how this is working and what we can invest in another story. But um, we just knew that we we had to figure, we, again, we just had to figure things out and we did, but it was definitely us educating our kids along the way. Okay, I, so I your would, kids saw those conversations? They grew up with us. So they heard the kitchen talk. They knew. Um, they always had visibility, even as they were growing up as teenagers, into what everything looked like. Um, we made sure of that. Yeah, I mean, some hard decisions were made. We we you know we both grew up on a farm. We thought that was going to be our home. We had bought a place that we thought was going to be our forever home, and we lived there seven years. And we sold it. We moved to town. I never lived in town my entire life, and no, Jen, neither did you. Mm-mm. And so. For us and for our kids, it was completely, they knew, because um, we said, like, hey, we have to do this. Um, this is the right decision for us. So, yeah. And I felt that it was important that they understood why those decisions were being yeah. made. And um, we rested very firmly in faith uh, around our, as young children, they knew God first, family second, career third. Now those get out of whack from time to time. Nothing's perfect. But in order to achieve that, you have to have these balance, this balance. And um, I I just say that we, we made sure that there was transparency enough so that they would know why we were making the choices we were making. Yeah, and it was we tried to instill that work ethic too. Like, hey, you know, you have to figure out things for yourself because people aren't mm-hmm. going to do that for you. And if you, in today's world, if you have, if you're willing to talk to people, you can get along with people, and you have a work ethic, sky's the limit. Um, and so, uh, but you have to put in the effort. You, you can't expect somebody else to do it for you. And so, yeah, we we talked about that a lot. Um, yeah. Tell me about the Bank of Lane. Oh, so Lane, um, he was our bank for several years because and for everyone's benefit, Lane Lane is, your is son. our son, yeah. our oldest son. And from the time we moved to town, so this kid could not not work. I guess is the best way to say it. he got kicked out of daycares because he was working too much um, <laughs> and ended up always at the farm store yeah. or in the back of the truck or with, or with my dad oh. and my brother. Um, and <laughs> dog poop, 10 cents a pile, I believe. Um, he started a lawn mowing business at the age of 10 after he got home from junior football. Then he would start mowing lawns. I mean, the, he just couldn't not work, which was a beautiful thing for us to see. And he accumulated quickly. And uh, because we didn't spend, that was pretty much the rule. You're not spending the money. It's going in the account. There really wasn't a choice. And when times were tight, Lane floated us and Lane knew it. We told him we're going to need some help. And Lane had that little reserve that allowed us to get through that next bill that came in the mail. I think we paid him pretty good interest too. Okay. I think yeah. we did. <laughs> yeah. I think we did. <laughs> One of the themes that has emerged to me as I've gotten to know you and gotten to know your story 
is this idea of never being content. <laughs> and, you know, I know maybe all the time growing up, you didn't always have the best financial modeling or role models, and you certainly didn't have a head start on anybody, but you never let that define you. Where does that come from? I just think it's a part of the fabric of who we are. Um, I, I don't think I'll ever be someone who can rest on my laurels, so I'm not quite sure what that means, but there's always someone who has lifted us up that I feel like there's a way for me to open a door, there's a way for us to um, create those relationships, those connections. I believe that's one of our greatest gifts is the people in our lives and the, what you can do when you're all you're in it together. And I, I, I just feel so fortunate for that abundance that we get to share. Yeah, I remember uh, when we were first married, and for quite a long time, we'd go to church and we'd pray for perseverance. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like we we mm-hmm. talked about that a lot. And then it became, well, hey, now we need to pray for uh, the ability to be good stewards of the gifts we've been given. And so it's just funny how that, sort of evolved over time. And it I remember it well sitting in church and and knowing like, hey, like this this is different than mm-hmm. it was before. Um, but that um, Jen would say that content is a swear word. I remember <laughs> us having that conversation. My mother uh, would always tell me, just amen. be happy. Yeah, right. Just be yeah. happy. Yeah. Just yeah. be nice. Right. Yeah. And um, to me, it was like, just be nice. Like, I get that part, but there's so much more, yeah. right? Yeah. That we can go and do. And it doesn't mean standing by or being passive. I think you have to go after it. And I, I just believe that's the way we're built. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. You two were in the grind for a long time. When did it feel like you finally had to do a little more breathing room financially? I think it was about ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I I uh, I'd, I'd been in finance, so when I got out of college, uh, I got into finance. I was able to uh, about ten years ago got in with a great company, um, and and just did a good job of or better job of negotiating when I left uh, and went to that company. And uh, so it allowed um, we were we had attained a level of earnings that we only thought. You know, we might get to when we were at 65, mm. but we didn't know. Like we didn't, I didn't have, um, we didn't have somebody telling us, "Hey, I think you could do better than this." Uh, but at that time, you know, we we were living in town. We we had we had done pretty well. We'd paid some things off, and and so, um, but we we had enough to kind of like say, "Oh, like you know, like that conversation earlier about praying for, to." to be good stewards of the gifts. Yep. It kind of happened all about that time. Um, and, and it, it was, it was because we were, we were had still had the mindset that we had nothing, but yet we had income that was at a different level than we were certainly used to. So. Yeah, as a teacher, I remember coming home with a check. I think it was my first contract was 18,000 and militarily we were talking about this yeah. earlier my first check was $97 a month a month and Mike couldn't wait to go invest it. <laughs> and at that point I'm like, say what? Because we have some other things we might want to consider. Yeah. But early, early on, Mike said, no, we're taking $50. We're taking, we're going to up that. 
I, I wasn't all in, let's just say at the beginning, but glad that we did. Well, this is a personal finance podcast, so I'd yeah. be remiss if I didn't ask about investing. How important right. has that been throughout your journey? It's been really important. I, I, mean, I think we, we uh, as, <laughs> as some would dispute, we're, that's a delayed gratification thing for us. So you put that money in there, you don't expect to take it out. In a lot of cases, the money we're putting in, we can't even take it out. Yeah. So, right. so we could, but it'd be a heck of a penalty, which I'm glad that's there, to yeah. be honest with you. Um, but for us, it was, hey, we, we, we went from a place, and we talk about this a lot, um, we, we, we spend so much time on the urgent, the important things, or what we think they are, and so little time on what, or less time than we think we should on what really matters. Mm-hmm. And so we want to be in a place where eventually, um, you know, bef- before, long before we can't do something, mm-hmm. that we have the ability to do some things that matter to us. And that investing piece of that is really allowed us to see that in the future and make it more real. Uh, it, it, uh, I've told Jen a couple of times that uh, uh, retirement is romantic. Yeah, uh, it is. And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, uh, I really believe that. We're just hoping that that's someday sooner than we get <laughs> that we get to pick when that is right, and sure. not when somebody else yeah. picks it for us. Yeah. So. When you got a little breathing room, what was one of the first things you splurged on? We went to a U2 concert. Nice. Joshua Tree Tour in Tampa and um, brought the kids. Well, actually, Kylie bought the tickets for us, our oldest daughter, our only daughter, but oldest. And she goes, don't worry, I used your credit card. Nice. That was sweet. Uh (laughs) But she did get us great seats. She did. And so we actually went down there with the thought of, we might move here someday. We really considered Florida for a long time. Yeah, we looked at a few houses even. Yeah, we even went and saw some houses. Yeah, but I don't know. You got the dream. The um, I would say it's the friends and the family that keep us right here. Yeah, for sure. So along your journey, what have been some of the lessons you've had to learn the hard way? You know, early in our career, we owned our own business, um, and so you know, when I thought about money, it was all about leaving that decision to somebody else, and. Uh, or feeling like, hey, if I went to the bank and um, they told me yes, then this must be a good thing for me, right? Um, I had a, a, a poor appreciation for uh, uh, the things that I do today because i that's my job today. Uh, that's what I do is I lend money. Um, so I think back, it's uh, we left a lot of those decisions. and. Quite frankly, some of our happiness, whether we were going to be in a good place or not, up to others. Um, yeah, we, we learned that that's not the best, uh, not the best way to do this. Um, and, and the other one is that you, you have to really think about um, the people that you surround yourself with, too. Um, I think we've said it a couple different times, but um, we've been super blessed with a number of people that in certain times in our life, it taught us to be parents. They've taught us to be good, good Catholics. They've taught us to be, you know, good husband and wife. And so it's, for us, it's those lessons. You just don't, this kind of, uh, well, even the podcast here has really allowed us to reflect on a few Mm -hmm. things that, you know, I think we knew where we knew back in the, in the background, but, we, we hadn't really reflected on, so it's been really good. 
throughout all your time together and your relationship and the ups and the downs, what's kept you going all these years? The vision, really. Um, again, I'll go back to, I can always see that I want where I want to go, where we want to go, we were, where maybe we'd like to have our kids go and we want to create yeah. those opportunities. And the best way to do that is to keep growing. And I think we're gritty. I think we've got a lot of hustle. Um, I think that we uh, aren't afraid of a challenge. And just at the end of the day, you've got to have that bedrock again of faith. <laughs> you got to have the strong friend yeah. group uh, to lift you up when and be those role models. Honestly, I look at so many of the people around us and who have really handed us off again from one to another or been there when you didn't know. You just didn't know, but they, they had your back. And we could pull out several different examples of even our local uh, gas station in town um, opened up a charge account for us back in the day. Yeah. And we knew we couldn't pay that bill at the end of the month, but we could put something towards it. And, you know, there's so many examples that there was always someone willing to support you. It just wasn't always necessarily in the financials. It was really understanding that they were here. They've got your kids. They got, they're running to events. We're deployed. It, it just changed. Yeah. I mean, what kept us going is we had three kids. I mean, we had yeah. to figure out, a, you know, you had to. Yep. We believed we could. Yeah. And we saw progress, right? We yeah. could see that you put this, you put this in, you get this back. And we, I would say we found, we've always found ways to celebrate that in little ways, whether it was a picnic yeah. in the park, yeah. um, like we made it through this week. We're going to go have peanut butter and jellies with dad over the lunch hour or just the energy that um, came when you gave it over and you just knew that if you trust and you, do the, you, put, the, you put the energy in, the time in, um, you do good by others, they're going, good people find good people. Right. And you make it. As we sit here today, what are you most proud of? Definitely our three children. We didn't screw them up. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. um, you probably has, should ask them that. I yeah, guess. we probably <laughs> yeah. should. Uh, or the others around them. But I would say to see them get a, a start in life beyond what we did. Yeah. And I wouldn't change anything, but I would say... It definitely didn't have to be so hard all the time, or at least feel like that. But I would say definitely our kids, um, that that rises to the top for me. Yeah, I, I think for me, um, yeah, definitely our kids. It, uh, the second one is that we didn't let um, difficulty define who we were. We didn't let a set of circumstances that, you know, could have derailed, you know, our relationship, mm -hmm. you know, uh, could have derailed so many things. We, we just dis unconsciously and I, I decided, like, hey, we're not gonna, we're not gonna allow this to define who we are in the future, and and per and where it's gonna take us to. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. last question for you. Let's talk to the young couple out here who is listening to this and maybe struggling, like you did. What advice would you give them? Number one, align your family values. Know what you stand, know where you're going. Don't be afraid to talk about it. Don't be afraid to be, have emotion around it, right? Like it's okay. Um, if you, if you stay true to where you, and that path changes as ours did, yeah. but you had each other, 
well, first of all, you, you trust in the way that you're supposed to be going, and then you continue to develop yourself. Find new friends, resources. Um, don't be afraid to try new things. Don't be afraid to go away. Don't be afraid yeah. to uh, go broaden your horizons. Get get out get out of where you think you are today. That box doesn't exist. Yeah. I, the three things that come to my mind is that for us, what really propelled us was um, we education for us. Uh, I remember uh, uh, telling my mother I was going to, I'd gone to college for one year. I told her I was going to not go back. Uh, she was <laughs> very angry with me. Uh, uh, but the happiest day was when I told her I was going back and that it was well, 10 or 12 years in between. But I just remember the look on her face when we, mm-hmm. when we said that. Mm-hmm. So the, the second piece is that, um, that it's the people that, surrounded us uh you know we we had the blessing of having some great people that surrounded us that we aligned ourselves with um because we knew or we had an inkling they trusted us Mm -hmm. and we kind of met met them halfway and the third piece was is that the military took us to places that um neither one of us uh uh, could have gone not only physical physical places but mindsets that really Mm -hmm. adjusted where we were going to go I mean, how we how we viewed success, it it just really really transformed who we were as a as a individuals and as a couple. Yeah, define your belief systems because your behaviors will follow, and you'll become who you are today mm-hmm. when you when you know where you're going. Don't let someone else tell you the path that you're on. I don't think we could end it any better than that. Thank you both so much for doing this. I appreciate the heck out of you, and um, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Jeff. It's an honor. It was good. And they're still kissing. That's great. Um, so just a couple housekeeping things. Maggie mentioned some of these when we started. Uh, we had the easy job tonight. We just had to yeah. show up and uh, have a conversation, or as my mom would say, visit. Um, <laughs> in the living room we have set up here. Yeah. There are a lot of people that made this event possible, right. a lot of volunteers, and our partners at the event company, Nate, Sky, uh, Renata, uh, Stacy, Mike, thank you all so very much for doing this and for, for making this event possible. Secondly, if you have a great money story and you'd be willing to share it or you know someone in your life that would um, make for a good episode, I'm always looking. Um, apparently, I'm a content creator now. Uh, so <laughs> I'm always looking for, for, for other stories. So if you know anybody, I would appreciate that. Uh, and finally, the bars can be back open, at least for a little bit. So we encourage you to hang out. I know it's a school night, but if you can hang out for a little bit and chat, we would uh, we'd love it, and if you stay long enough, Jen will probably invite you to an after party. Yeah. So, how about this guy? Let's give an applause to this yeah. guy right here. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. I hope you found this helpful. If you did, please subscribe and share with your family or friends. If you have a topic you want us to cover in future episodes, send us a note through our website. And if you're at the point where you want an expert opinion on your finances. Reach out and we'd be happy to start a conversation. And remember, any comments, insights, or strategies discussed on this podcast are intended to be general in nature and therefore may not be suitable for you and your situation, whatever that may be. Before acting on anything we discuss, please consult with your attorney, CPA, and or your financial advisor.